Blog Talk Radio. Tonight. 
So as always, um, Amber Shani, the Millennial Goddess, is a sponsor's um, reflection questions for us to reflect on while we're going through the show. So tonight, our reflection questions are, are you living on autopilot in some or all areas of your life? If not, how can you tell? And if so, what beliefs or thought patterns keep you locked into autopilot? Question number two, what do you focus on the most on a daily basis? Do you experience more light or shadow feelings around this focus? Number three, do you see a return, growth, or reciprocation reciprocation of what you focus on and invest your time and energy in the most? In that most, why or why not? The last question, when you're creating and sustaining shadow momentum, what need are you trying to serve or fulfill? So those are our questions tonight, and as we go through the show, we ask that you just focus and reflect on those questions. If you miss them, you can always go back to uh, listen to the show, um, the replay of the show. If you have an Android phone, you can go to the um, blogtalkradio.com slash getyourentirelife. If you have an Apple phone, you can simply go to Apple Podcasts and put Get Your Entire Life into the search box, and we'll come right up, and you can find the replays there. But before we get started, we always want to start with a grounding exercise. We'll just take a couple of minutes to take some deep breaths to bring ourselves fully present in this moment so that we can always be in alignment and in harmony and balance with our authentic nature as we open up to receive and give in this moment. Sometimes, you know, we don't take a moment just to ground ourselves, just to take a deep breath. You know, sometimes my clients are very um, surprised when they come in and I just simply say, let's take seven deep breaths or 21 deep breaths. And they start to take the breath and they feel so much better. So sometimes a better feeling, um, a relief of stress, a release of anxiety is just a breath away. So we're going to take a couple of deep breaths and, um, and ground ourselves before we get started. So let's take about three deep breaths. And for these breaths, we want to take uh, letting go and have releasing breaths. So these breaths will come in and out of the mouth. So when you inhale, you're going to breathe in and exhale out of the mouth. So you're going to inhale in the mouth and exhale out of the mouth. Once again, you're going to inhale. And then you're going to exhale. (sighs) Feels so good. Okay. So we like to also start the show with the inspirational thought. So tonight, my inspirational thought is coming from um, the Daily OM. And Madison Taylor had an interview with Leah Guy. And this was all about fear and anxiety. And I really love this, um, this article because, Um, there's a lot of fear happening right now in the world. There's fear on every, everywhere you turn and we're calling it different things. We're calling it anxiety. We're calling it stress. We're calling it panic attacks. We're calling it frustration. We're calling it all kinds of things when it's really just fear. And so what I'd like to do tonight is shed some light on that and also give you an opportunity to begin to release your fear. So we'll talk a little bit about that later. 
Nobody likes to talk about fear. Nobody wants to call it fear. We call it everything else. We take medicine for everything else, but really it's just about fear. So let's listen to what um, uh, uh, Leah Guy had to say uh, to Madison in the Daily OM. Why do so many people suffer from fear and anxiety? What does it look like in somebody's life? Anxiety and fear don't always feel like sweaty panic. They can feel like confusion, apathy, loss of interest in our dreams, difficult relationships, knots in the stomach, shortness of breath, body aches, feeling flighty and loss of control. It could keep us paralyzed in our lives, relationships, or jobs and stop us from pursuing our dreams. It can affect every corner of someone's world. Anxiety is a symptom of unresolved emotions. So many people go through life either unaware of their deep emotional pains, in denial of difficult past experiences, or shoving their feelings as far down as possible. A lot of us simply don't know how to process our emotions and heal, so the result is years and years of compounded emotions, compacted stress, and bodies and minds that are in turmoil. We feel anxious when we feel out of control. What we're really feeling is out of control in our inner lives, our emotional safety and wellness. We feel disempowered and weak and therefore give power to people or experiences that can hurt us. They, cannot, they can because we allow them to. We don't trust ourselves. We don't value our worth. And even though many of us talk like we have faith in a universal system of connectivity and reason, we are afraid we aren't valued enough to be a meaningful participant in that system. This is the core of our anxiety. We fear that we do not matter, that we are not worthy or lovable, that we are not safe, or that we are not valued, seen, validated, or belong. These are all false illusions of the mind created by belief systems that began in times of trauma, pain, and emotional wounds. Fear is one of our greatest teachers. It tells us when someone, something is wrong. It's meant to protect us from danger, from threats that can harm us. But we have to discern true danger from false illusions that are created by the mind. These false illusions are not honest signals. They are born in the attempt to keep us stuck in our cycle of pain from our past. In reality, these false illusions keep us from healing. When we can identify and connect to our true selves, our higher consciousness, our souls, we can live in a world that is free. And that's why self-care works and personal growth is so crucial in our lives. I believe that disconnection is the root of all fear. Fear is the guiding force of emotional detachment. We are scared of negative feelings, so we try to shut down block and avoid. This puts us in a defensive and weak position, not one of strength and empowerment. When we're fragmented, we aren't strong. Healing requires wholeness. Attachment breeds anxiety, contempt, and disconnection. We can't be connected to the universe, to divine order, and try to live a conscious life and be disconnected from certain emotions or experiences that create such an internal conflict that disempowers healing. Letting go is attempt to escape, escape pain. When I get, which I get, but there's no escapism in emotional healing. A healthy, full, and rich life requires presence and connection. Denial 
is a threat to one's sanity. I'm going to say that one more time. Denial is a threat to one's sanity. When we're fragmented, we aren't strong. We are weak. Healing requires wholeness. If there are disconnected emotions or mental beliefs, we cannot be whole. Detachment breeds anxiety, contempt, and disconnection. One of the greatest conflicts of the human condition is accepting that pain and love coexist. Healing is around putting is about putting the personal pieces in your heart, mind, and soul back together again, not attempting to remove them. Not only is that energy draining, but it can cause disassociation, splitting, mental stress, and emotional disconnection. To have inner peace, strength, and freedom, we have to connect to our authentic feelings. Then we can process and move forward, trusting ourselves that we will be able to handle any situation that comes our way. To deny our true feelings, even the nasty, gnarly ones, is to deny a full life of experiences and growth. Without the full range of emotions, we may miss the opportunity to feel empathy, express humility, understand healthy shame, or experience forgiveness. Wow, so there was a lot in this article. Um, She really had a lot to say. It's so important for us to um, really get clear on what fear really is because a lot of times when we talk about fear, I mean, you know, my clients come in, they're talking, and, and, you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, that sounds like fear. And so it's like, okay, let's move through that and transmute that, and that's the whole thing is, no, 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 I'm not afraid, I'm just stressed, Um, it's just anxiety, it's like, okay, well, anxiety is fear, (laughs) you know, because what are you anxious about, you know, what are you afraid of, are you afraid that you're not going to be, have time to do something, or that, you know, you're not going to succeed at something, Um, your dreams are not going to come true, are you afraid that something's going to happen to you health-wise, you know, all of that is fear. Concern is fear. And it's okay. You know, and that's really what I get from this this article is that fear is okay. Because one of the things she says is fear is one of our greatest teachers. And fear is a powerful energy. So we don't want to necessarily get rid of fear. What we want to do is transmute it. I, I say this all the time, but you know, I used to, a long time ago, I read one of Bayala Van Zandt's book. I can't remember which one it was, but it said that there's only two emotions in the world, and that's love and fear. So as we've evolved over the years, now we know there's only one emotion, and that's love. There's a lot of other things entangled in that, but fear is an illusion, really. Because the truth of the matter is, is when you get in touch and in tune with your feelings and emotions, then you can identify what you're going through and the fear is not really, the fear just dissipates, right? And so we start to now uh, be in, in, in connection and in tune with what we're really feeling. So we really can turn the fear into a feeling, which is what's real, right? So the fear that, you're, that, is, that is your teacher is teaching you to feel. And a lot of people don't want to do that. We want to be in denial. We want to escape it. We want to act like it's not happening. 
And according to this article, she talked about that, you know, when you do that, when you go off into denial, it's a threat to your sanity, number one. And then also it's draining. It's draining trying to pretend that everything is okay when it's not. And so it's really important that we um, are able to uh, connect the dots with, between our emotions and what's actually happening in our lives, in our body, with our spirit, because it's all connected. It's not disconnected. So if we have some type of pain or something going on in our body, it is connected to something emotionally. And if we have something going on emotionally, it is connected to whatever's going on in our body. That's the universal law. So the thing is, is that we want to make sure that we're paying attention to our entire selves. That's why I call this this show, Get Your Entire Life, because it's so incredible how people just have half lives. Like, you know, we want to have a lot of money and bad relationships or really good relationships and no money. We want to have, you know, great relationships and bad health. We want to have, you know, great health and bad relationships. So it's like we have this, but we don't have that. If we, don't, we don't have to live that way. We can literally have it all if we're going to allow ourselves to feel it all, Right? So we can have it all if we're allowing ourselves to feel it all. And one of the things that we're going to talk about tonight with our millennial goddess, Amber, is we're going to talk about momentum, right? And it is one of the ways that we can get ourselves in movement energetically because it's so powerful when you're no longer afraid or fearful of yourself. There'll always be some fears. There's always something. I have this saying, do it afraid. If I'm afraid, do it afraid. If if it scares you, do it. Anyway. Right? Because when you get beyond the fear, that's when you become courageous. That's the meaning of the word courageous and brave. You're going to move through it. And get on the other side, and that's when you know you have courage. Sitting in the fear of being stagnated in it and being in denial of it is, is it's not courageous. It's not brave, right? And we know we all have courage. We, have, we all have the opportunity to activate our courage. So it's important that you want to do that. You want to activate your courage and, you know, by uh, being fully present to the fear, whatever you're feeling. And once you identify what you're feeling, then you can move through it. I'm feeling sad. Okay, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid that I'm not going to be successful in what I'm doing. Okay, is that present right now? Are you not successful right now in what you want to do? It's like, uh, well, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. Exactly. So is that fear real? Is it real? Is it authentic? Is it present? No. Okay, 
So then we go into, you know, what is that really? <laughs> because there's some other feeling as to the reason why you feel like you can't be successful. That's just not out of the blue. Feelings of sadness because you don't feel successful is not coming out of the blue. There's something behind that. And so rather than sit in, I'm scared, I'm fearful, I can't do it, I can't do it, let's look at what's behind that. Where did that come from? Who told me that? Who told me I couldn't do it? And where did it come from? And when did I start believing that? And and the same question we asked before, is that real? Is that present? Is that now? And one day I'm going to do a show on memory hoarding. I did a class on it. It was very powerful. Um, and it talked, you know, I just talked about how we hoard memories. You know, we just hoard them. We, we, we live off of our memories. And a lot of times that's the only reason we have fears because we remember something that happened in the past a long time ago, and that activates fear for us when we try to move into it now because we're memory hoarding. And people look at me like I'm crazy when I say release the memories, let it go. Good, bad, ugly, because memories are memories. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if you want to be able to move forward. You can't hold on to the good without holding on to the shadow. So memories, the memories are not bad at all. But sometimes we do allow memories to get in our way. And so as we begin to want to move forward in our lives, Sometimes we have to release the memories, heal, being a memory hoarder, get ourselves back to a clean place. And so ask yourself, am I hoarding memories? And is the fact that I'm hoarding memories making me fearful to the point where I'm paralyzed in my life and I can't really get to the place that I want to be? Because that's the only reason it even matters. It's the only reason why we ask any questions, why we're doing the show, why we, you know, why I'm I'm doing, you know, life coaching. The only reason is so that you can get to the place where you want to be. There's no other reason. If you're good where you are, you don't need to ask yourself any questions. If you never want to move from where you are, you're good. So this is not for you. Right? But if you want to move to a different place and be somewhere different, and if you're ready to evolve yourself and elevate yourself to another level, graduate yourself to another level, activate yourself to another level, whatever you want to say, whatever your choice of words are, then you want to begin to release and let go of the memory hoarding. Right? Begin to clean your slate. So you can have a clean canvas that you can write your new life or whatever it is that you want. You can paint it. You can write it. Do whatever you want because it's clean. But if you start a painting and the canvas is already full, it's already a picture there, you may paint over it. But unless you paint over the whole thing, it's going to be confusing and be like, okay, I can't even see what I just painted because there's already stuff there. So that's what we want to do. We want to get a clean slate, put a new canvas up. 
so we can see a clear picture of where we're going, of what we want, of why we're here. Okay? All right. So um, we're going to bring up the millennial goddess, but before we do that, we're going to take just a quick break um, and uh, just play a song, All in My Head by Avery Sunshine, one of my favorite songs, and I think it's Amber's, one of her favorite songs, because she chose it. So um, we'll be we'll be right back. You're listening to Get Your Entire Life, Love Yourself by Being Yourself with the love goddess, Milana Shani. Be right back.
All right, Love Tribe, welcome back. That was Avery Sunshine. It's all in my head. And you're listening to Get Your Entire Life Radio Show Experience. My name is Milani Shani, a.k.a. The Love Goddess. And we are talking about momentum tonight. And we're getting ready to introduce our special guest, uh, the Millennial Goddess, who is with us every third Monday. And she's sharing with us uh, her new blog, Milani Nomics. And um, the law number two tonight, momentum. So um, Amber is my personal assistant, um, goddaughter, mentee. um, And she came to me, um, I think about two or three years ago, and she was like, "Um, I'm creating a blog. And I was like, oh, cool. That's awesome. You know, so she was like, the name of this Melaninomics. And I was like, oh, okay, what's Melaninomics? And so she said, the laws of Milani. I was like, oh, okay. So she had written a few laws, and I went and looked at the um, blog, and I thought it was very powerful. So basically she's talking about, in her words, what her version of the things that she's learned while she's been under my mentorship um, for the last three years. So she has some really awesome ways of um, describing and explaining, um, you know, how she's applied Um, the laws, what she calls the laws of Milani. So it's been really powerful to see my work and um, the things that I've been doing come alive in her. I've seen her grow so much and accomplish so much since um, she's been here. And so she is with us tonight, as she is every third Monday, to talk to us about the um, Milani Nomics blog. So if you get an opportunity, uh, she's going to give us a um, a web, a um, URL that we can go to and uh, read the Milani Nomics blog. Really powerful stuff in there and helps you to um, to integrate with some of the concepts and things that we're learning. So everybody give a shout out, uh, send some energy towards Amber Shawnee, the millennial goddess. Hey, Amber, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you just wonderful. Thank you so so much for being on the show tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm absolutely. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I'm feeling very nervous, <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> I know it's nothing to be nervous about, love. You know, we do this all the time to and talk about life. So just relax, yeah. take a couple of deep breaths, relax, and um, you know, just gonna conversate like we always do. So I, I basically gave my version of what Melaninomics is, and, and um, so um, now just give us your version of what is Melaninomics and who is it for? Okay, so Melaninomics is basically a collection of all the guidance and the wisdom and all, like, the things that you taught me, big and small, like, from things about um, being in relationships and how to speak to men, how to, how to like how to maintain friendships to the small things like, please, you know, lock the door and take your key out of the lock before you open <laughs> up the door because I had that whole thing messed up. I didn't realize how many, how many important, how I didn't realize how important the small things were as well as the big things. Mm-hmm. And I felt like a lot of people my age, I always see people my age, like, talking about wanting to change or talking about um, something they've learned in their 20s or talking about crystals. 
but I feel like especially online it's like it's almost like when they say about the the ocean and the sea like how there's water everywhere but there's no drop to drink because there's all this information but it's pretty much useless the way people are like are providing it because there's no energy like there's so many you know e-how articles and videos on YouTube but unless you have like a real mentor a guide like an elder to teach you it's it's pretty much it's it's difficult to like see yourself to really do work to really be effective and I have just been like being being with you has changed my life in in so many ways um and I really created Melanomics because I want other people my age to have access to the same like real true solid like guidance that real wisdom mm-hmm. from a from a trustworthy from an experience from a powerful source and not just have to like be out here on the internet really not really knowing what to do like getting their advice from other people their age because because we we don't really know what we're doing but we pretend like we do <laughs> but that's why I created Melanomics because um it's, it's so hard to find someone who knows what they're talking about, who has guidance, who has wisdom, who's willing to share it generously and is, is like, in the United States of America. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. That That's very powerful. And I, I really didn't know until Amber brought it to my attention. She's 22, so she's in the millennial um, area or um, check the millennial box. And, you know, I really didn't realize it because she was talking to me about, you know, not being able to find true guidance. And I was like, the internet, Google, YouTube, there's so much guidance on there. Um, But she was telling me how it's just not impactful um, if you really don't know how to apply what you're being told. And so that was really interesting for me and gave me a whole new perspective on how our young people are learning right now and just gave me, um, you know, a new passion to um, help to uh, educate and teach and really bring Amber to a place where she could actually share with people what she's learned, um, her peers and people her age, to bring forth what she's learned because she's been able to um, solidify a lot of these concepts, integrate with them, and, and live her life accordingly. So thank you so much for honoring me. Um, by writing this blog and for taking the information, really the, the true honor was that you took this information and you integrated with it. You know, all the things that I was telling you um, that I've been sharing with you, that I've been mentoring you on, you really took it and to heart and integrated it into your life. Some things you're still working on, some things you've, you've mastered, and I appreciate that. That really is the most fulfilling thing is when you can be an example um, for someone, and they can take it in and shift their lives with this. So I tell people all the time, I transform people's lives by just being myself. So that's pretty cool. So thank you for um, that blog, and thank you for explaining to us what it's all about. So I know that you've learned a lot. So tonight we're talking about momentum, Amber, and I know that you've learned a lot. We did a lot um, around this work. You were in our momentum, um, momentum Masters when we were working on momentum. So what have you learned about creating and sustaining momentum um, since you actually, uh, when you were writing this law, what had you learned, and then what have you learned since? Okay, so when I wrote this law, it was in um, 2017. So at the time, my understanding of momentum was um, 
creating like what I focused on would just continue. I would just attract and create more of that, more of that, more of things that were in similar energy. So the more I focused on negative things or focused on not having money or not having this, not having that, or being in, in some sort of lack, the more it seemed to like grow on me and, and in a very shadow way. Um, so that's how I identified it at that point. So since being in like momentum masters, momentum, momentum heart, all these different classes that you facilitated, um, I still think about momentum in terms of like what you focus on, but it's kind of, it's expanded in the sense that I also now consider like my thoughts and my feelings mm-hmm. and my actions. And I also realized, and this goes back to why I wanted to um, write Milanonomics, is because sometimes we think we're being a certain way and we're really not. And it's very mm-hmm. difficult to, to see past the games you're playing with yourself. So, like, with momentum, <laughs> if you're thinking about, oh, yeah, I love this, this is so happy. I love my relationship. This is so awesome. And you're saying those affirmations. You have like this whole facade, but you're not really creating any momentum. Nothing is like growing or moving forward. Then you're like, oh, well, this must be this person's fault. It must be that person's fault. But it's really that there's something that you're saying to yourself that isn't true. You're playing games with yourself and you don't know because you don't have someone out there to hold you accountable. You don't have a guide or someone who's really going to be willing to tell you the truth. So that's one of the main things I've learned about momentum since this point was that I can have, you know, all my like thoughts and feelings and, and everything sounding good. But if I don't have like proof of life, if I don't have real momentum happening, then something isn't, something is not calibrating. It's not in alignment. And um, the second thing or the, the second thing that I've learned about momentum since I wrote this law is that it, it happens in very small steps and very small stages, and you have to be grateful for each stage. Like um, mm-hmm. I was thinking about, I think in one of our classes, we used the example of someone like building an online business, and they got like five followers. And instead of, you know, celebrating it and being grateful for it and being like, I'm creating momentum, what's my next step? You know, someone could be ungrateful, like, I only have five followers, and I've been doing this for six months, and I only have this, and this isn't working, and I'm not doing this right, and then you just destroy all the momentum you had in the first place. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, being grateful for the small, for small progress. And the last thing is that when you're not managing yourself well, then momentum is very easy to break um, because when mm. I wrote this law initially, um, I there was like a whole month where I was just I was out a lot and I was hanging out with different people I went to college with, and I just felt really all over the place and very scattered. And because I wasn't managing my time well, I wasn't really getting enough sleep. I wasn't really being paying attention to who I was spending time with and how that affected me and what I was saying to them and how I wasn't like managing any of that. I just lost all my momentum. And so then I had to go through the process of like rebuilding it and refocusing. And it would take, it would take a period of time to like recalibrate. And so um, that's one thing I've also learned is just 
the importance of managing yourself because if you don't manage yourself, then you can create momentum, you can get it started, but it's super, super difficult to sustain it, especially like in a business. Like if you're creating momentum as an entrepreneur, then you can start something, but if you can't, it doesn't pan out, then your whole business is liable to fail or not be as successful as you thought it was just out of not being able to manage yourself as as well as would be necessary to sustain it. Wow. Love tribe. You see why I have on the show? This is awesome. Like I'm learning. I'm like, huh, oh, yes, I did teach that, didn't I? So that <laughs> is amazing. Uh, <laughs> So a couple of things I love that you were talking about, you know, sustaining your business, but going back to something you said earlier was sometimes you think you are one way and you're not. It's just in your mind. Like for me, it's like people think that we're, we could think that we're one way in our minds, like in our minds, we're thinking we're this, we're that we know, because we know, like we've read it, we've had a class on it, we got the t-shirt, so we think we know it. But what a lot of times we don't do is what I call proof of life. And if you want to know what proof of life is, you can listen to my first show, uh, Get Your Entire Life um, Archive. But proof of life is when you see what you know in action in your life. So a lot of times I tell people, you know, if you're saying you know something, look in your life to see if that's what's showing up. Because if you if it's not showing up in your life, but you know, then you really don't know it. it you really haven't practiced, practiced it. You're not integrating with what it is you know. There's two things that you want to do. You want to have knowledge. You want to know it. And you want to have wisdom. You want to be able to practice and put it in action, right? You want to know how. You want to be discerning enough to know how to put things in practice that you know. And so that was a great point that you talked about, Amber, about sometimes people think because they know they're in action and and you're really not. So paying close attention to, I think one of the great points that you made also is paying close attention to the fact that you are not in action or paying close attention to the fact of who you're around, what you're doing, how you're spending your time. Is that matching with your words? Because a lot of people don't even know that their action and their words don't match. And then when another person brings it up to them, wanting to hold them accountable, then they get defensive. And then when everything falls apart, they wonder why. And so this is the main thing that um, is so important with this law of momentum is that we pay close attention to is our words matching our actions rather than just saying, oh, I know. I said to one of my my clients tonight uh, is that you want to make sure that you're clear is not necessarily about knowing and being sure it's about being clear and being curious because when you say you're sure you're sure you're sure you're sure then you're not curious about what is happening in my life you're just really going by what your mind is saying and sometimes your mind is like a computer it's just saying what you put in it that could be a memory which has nothing to do with where you are presently. So we have to make sure that we're always connecting dots about how we're moving and what we're saying. So we want to be clear and curious rather than clear and sure. And what I mean by that is some things you're sure of, some things you can be sure of, you've experienced it, you've done it, you know it, but some things you really, you know, you're saying, you know, people are saying stuff to you like, oh, I know that, I know that. But do you really, is it in your life? Are you playing it out? Can we see the proof of life? 
can you see the proof of life? Because it's not really about what we see. It's about what you see in your own life. So if you can see the proof of life of it, then you know that, you know, you definitely integrating with what you, what you know. But if you can't see the proof in your life, and you may be building momentum towards that, but it, it's, if it's not there, you haven't fully integrated. And so we don't want to be afraid and in denial of saying things that we haven't fully integrated with because if you think that you know and you think you fully integrated, why would you ever work on it? Why would you do your personal work? Right? So there would be no need to do personal work. And so if you don't do your personal work, then you don't grow, which we'll talk about shortly. So great points. Thank you, uh, Amber. Really wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about being in a shadow space or in shadow momentum. What do you do to move out of that space? Because you talked about um, how when you were out with your friends and you were doing a whole bunch of stuff, then you lost momentum. And that's, you know, that's something that we sometimes we do, but not we don't want to do that a lot, especially for a long period of time, because it's almost like starting all over again what we built. So uh, we call that shadow momentum when you're out, when you're out, you're doing a lot of stuff, but there's nothing happening. Like you're not really producing anything and nothing's coming out of it. So what do you do to move yourself out of the shadow momentum? Okay. So, um, so recently, well, you know, like, uh, when was that Friday when we were talking about, um, actually, okay. We're talking about change and how, change is good for me my even in this law the whole way that I created the shadow momentum in the first place was um Mm -hmm. because I was having this experience with like these this restaurant and I was like oh this means that I'm not good enough and people aren't listening to me so that means this and that means that I was processing the whole situation um and like what you were saying about uh narcissism like, I was processing yeah. my experience in a way where I was not acknowledging or taking ownership for why have I created this and not looking at my impact. I'm looking at what does this mean about me? What does this mean about my relationships? What does it mean about me as a person? Does this, does this mean that I'm a whole person? <laughs> does this mean that this is going to happen? Does this mean that this isn't going to happen? And so I go into this whole field in, like, 80% of the time, that's how I always end up in a shadow momentum place because something has happened that I have attached to myself and taken myself into this depressive spiral when it's not even necessary. Um, and so most, most of the time when I'm in that space and I'm in a, in a place where I'm building all this shadow momentum, what happens is I talk to you, you tell me the truth, I check myself, I'm like, I was really <laughs> tripping. And then, like, <laughs> after that, I just kind of, like, mellow out and I start getting different inspirations. But one thing that I really want to shift from here on is not even having to go through that whole process, not having to even go through the process of, oh, I'm a horrible person. This means this. This means that. Because it's so draining and it's so unnecessary because it's not even real and it really is. And it's crazy because in my law, I wrote about how I was going through this whole spiel talking about, you know, people don't listen to me. I'm not good enough because I want to play the victim and I want to get attention. Pretty much it served the same need when I just did it this past weekend. Like, I want to be a victim 
and get attention and get validated. Like, oh, you're not a horrible person. We all love you. You're so amazing. But I was the only one saying that to myself. I was the only one saying I was a horrible person. So I was the only person that could say something different that would make a difference to me and how I was feeling. So that's how um, I get out of shadow momentum now is mostly by having a wise and accountable guy, Melania Shine. He tells me the truth and I get clear. (laughs) Um, But from here on out, I want to make sure I'm taking more responsibility to not even have myself go in that space. And I'm going to have a better understanding of what I'm actually doing, which is like going to this narcissistic, depressive episode where I just am waiting for someone to validate me so I can feel better about the lies I'm telling myself. Wow. You know, that's pretty powerful what you just said, Amber, and because basically what you were doing was you didn't value your own voice that was in your head, your, what you had to say about you. So you were always looking for the outside validation. So what happened was you shifted that and you started to yield to outside accountability and outside accountability helped you started to value your own voice. That's what I just yeah. heard you say. That is very powerful. Did y'all hear that? Let me say that one more time. (laughs) So what Amber said was she was always looking for outside validation because she didn't value her own voice, what she had to say to herself. She was always saying horrible things to herself. And so she figured that, you know, the only way that she could shift is to begin to say positive things because everybody else outside of her was saying positive things, everybody but herself. And so what she did was she shifted, and she's being held accountable by me, of course, because she's with me most of the time because she's my assistant and I'm mentoring her. So she's with me a lot. So she has a lot of accountability here. And so because she yielded to the accountability that she was involved in in working her job and being mentored, she was able now to value her own voice over valuing the voices of other people that she felt like she needed validation from. That's a powerful statement. And a lot of us, you know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't think of it as that narrative. I've talked about it a lot. I teach it a lot. But that's a whole different spin on it and a different narrative you know, is that, you know, when you begin to hold yourself accountable and allow people that you've attracted or chosen to hold you accountable, your voice starts to become more valuable. But but people think it's the total opposite, right? They think if they're held accountable by other people, the other person's voice becomes more um, louder. But it doesn't because when you have someone, and that depends on, who your mentor is and who you're being held accountable to because you have to make sure that you're in alignment with growth. When you choose a person that's going to come into your life to guide you, mentor you and be your accountability partner. So you have to have someone who's focused on growth like you. Right? So that's very powerful. That was a very powerful statement. There was something else I wanted to say, but Oh, so I wanted to go in a little bit and read um, a little bit of what you have or that you read um, your um, Milani Namas Momentum 
Um, I wanted to start. You have that in front of you, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I want to start at the uh, third paragraph where you have how does one bad day, and then read that uh, that paragraph. Okay. So how does one bad day turn into a week-long slump? Momentum. How does one career opportunity lead to new investments and new income? Momentum. You're either moving forward, growing, or moving nowhere slash somewhere else, dying. Like Milani says, anything that isn't growing is dead. It's not possible to be at a standstill because life doesn't stand still. It keeps moving. There are periods that may feel like standstills that are actually just you changing direction. At a standstill, you acknowledge that you are not moving towards your vision. You consciously become willing to go in a different direction. So go ahead and keep going and give your six uh, things that you gave here. Okay. Momentum, like all things, works with our energy. Your energy creates your momentum. Your energy level is determined by what you are focusing on because, again, as Milani says, what you focus on grows. When you're in momentum, anything is possible. Any limiting beliefs will reveal themselves to be healed and corrected so you can continue to move. You don't have to be, to be perfect and trauma-free to be in momentum. All you have to do is, one, know your vision. Two, believe in your vision. Three, prepare for your vision. Four, be consistent. Five, focus on the good. And six, keep your emotional energy high. So this is where uh, what Amber wrote in her uh, blog, Melaninomics, blog number two in Momentum. It's a very powerful blog, and we're going to give you that information so you can go and look at it. I wanted you to read that because I want to talk about how uh, being on autopilot impacting your daily life. So in this particular um, uh, writing where you wrote that momentum, like all things, works with our energy, our energy creates momentum. So if you're an autopilot, you're not necessarily creating momentum. So tell us how, how did being on autopilot impact your daily life? Okay, so when I was on autopilot, um, it was basically like I was in a space where I was kind of in a blind. I was I rendered myself blind to my behaviors and to how my life was moving. And one thing I thought about as an example was in my last blog, I wrote about how I would go to parties and social events, but I would be leaning up against the wall or kind of like on the couch or just somewhere looking as um, – looking as, there's another word for it, but invisible as possible because in my head I had all these ideas about, you know, I don't have any confidence, people, you know, I don't know if people like me, I don't know if I'm, you know, people, you know, all this different stuff about how people perceive me in the past. But because I was on autopilot, I was still operating from that. So even though I'm in this totally different environment and this totally different social event, I'm operating based on something that happened maybe five or six years ago and maybe didn't even happen in reality. You know, it may have been just something I made up in my head. Um, and so it was so, it, I was so used to just like being invisible and being up against the wall and just like being, 
you know, the person that was quiet and shy that I didn't realize that I could change that and that didn't have to be who I am and it wasn't who I am. Um, So it made me blind to the fact that that wasn't who I am. And it also caused me to not question that. And the other thing that I um, have been on autopilot on as well is how I process my how I process change and how and what is happening to me and with me and, and just in my experience. Like with the last question, um, like processing things in a way of worrying about how I will be affected, how I will feel, how it will change my whole life and that whole thing. That's how I've always processed everything, and it takes me so long to get through it, and I never realized that that's how I always process things until I was reading back through this law, and I was like, I just I did the same thing yesterday that I did here three years ago. So it was like kind of embarrassing, but also was was showing me, showing me that it was uh, being on our pilot, um, and because I was in that space where I'm just doing this thing and not questioning it, I think that's who I am. I think that's just how it is, but it doesn't have to be. And so it makes me, it impacts my life by making me blind to different areas that I could change. And in those areas that I could change, it could be, you know, it could be a huge impact on my life. It could make a huge difference. But because I'm just so used to it being this one way that I can't see any mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So let's go to um, the next paragraph in your writing, in your blog, and read okay. through um, your uh, – when you talked about your job. Well, you talked about it a little bit, so we may just want to go to the next um, – now let's go through it. Yeah, let's start with the we're always in movement. Okay, the whole the whole page. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Okay. We are always in movement and in momentum, though we may not consciously recognize it. Last summer, I picked up a second job at a restaurant to help out around the house. My experience was nightmarish, but only because I created it that way. I used to refer to that job in the entire summer as the seventh circle of hell. It's pretty obvious that my focus wasn't on good, so duh, of course, I created, I manifested that. <laughs> All throughout my food runner shift, I was focused on my perceived failures and inadequacies. If I took an order to the wrong table, I chastised myself. When I watched my beautiful and Amazonian pet their prettily gelled edges, I thought of my own hair and felt grossly inadequate. I shouted, excuse me, five times in the midst of rushing food to a table, and yet no one moved a muscle. I was unheard, unseen, and excluded. I focused on all the reasons why I wasn't good enough, where I needed to grow my hair out like Chantal, then I wouldn't look so boyish, and my emotional energy plummeted. I had an awful experience because I was focused on my perspective of awful treatment. Even though I had my spiritual daily practices, I wasn't really practicing them during the most critical periods, shifting my mindset from lack and not good enoughness to self-love and compassion. I wasn't, as I referred to in my last post, being. And the only thing I was very consistent with was self-hate. Therefore, I created momentum around, I feel inadequate, 
and I'm not good enough. I attracted more interactions, situations, and experiences that provided mounting evidence to my already solid belief in my own inadequacy. The type of momentum I had is what Milani refers to as shadow momentum. Simply calling this kind of momentum negative leads to judgment of the self as bad, when really bad and good are human concepts that do not truly exist. It wasn't until I quit that job that I began to see the shadow momentum I had created for myself. Milani, so Annie I'm going to stop you there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop you there. So you created some really crazy momentum on that job um, yes. and in your head. So I want to ask you, how have you learned to intentionally build momentum to create and manifest what you desire rather than what you don't? So um, one way out of the Momentum Heart class that we did was was building altars. Um, mm-hmm. And altars in the sense of like gathering, having a particular desire, creating affirmations around that, and creating um, images or a vision board or having different uh, objects that symbolize our desire and putting those things all together and taking the time to sit with it and make it sacred and um, just be in our desire, be in the energy of our desire. That was really amazing for me because it taught me that um, momentum isn't necessarily, it's always about consistency. So if I wasn't doing it consistently, then I wasn't really going to get any results. Um, So that was one really, really great tool that I learned to use. I learned how to use to build momentum intentionally. Um, Another one is um, just, you know, at one point when I was uh, taking driving lessons, um, I would put aside like a dollar or five dollars just so I would be able to say like, out to the universe, like, I am intentionally saving this money um, to, uh, to purchase these driving lessons. And I never even thought about it in that way until you were talking to me about how important it is to put away money to save things, to just do what you can in the moment, because I was always focused on what I couldn't do and how, you know, how can a dollar build up to the amount of money I need to for driving lessons, like that won't happen. But instead of that, you focus on just taking one small step a day to get to the goal and allowing momentum to help get through to the rest of it. So I didn't have to worry about, you know, how am I going to turn this $1 bill into $100 or $200. It would just happen if I was consistent and in the flow. So, um, I think I think what I really learned is that anything can be used as a tool to build momentum as long as mm-hmm. it's done intentionally and um with with the right energy and consistently. Yes, absolutely. And one of the things you brought up too is that momentum can be used in both ways. It can be used to crash and burn or it can be used to elevate. So when we talk about momentum, we're talking about energy. So you can have a lot of momentum towards crashing and burning, right? Or you can have momentum towards your desire. And that's one of the reasons why we, um, when we're teaching, we teach people to focus on what you desire. And desire, I use that word because it's a more of a feeling, emotional fueling 
word than just wanting because wanting is a whole different energy. But your desire is emotional. It's your, it's your passion. It's your feeling. It's your fuel. And so when you want to really build momentum, you want to get fuel underneath that and passion underneath that and build there. So uh, very powerful. So one of the things I was reading in your blog that I thought was cute is that you uh, talked about, when I talk about you have to learn to chem it or keep it moving despite you're facing challenging um, and tough situations. So you had the situation with the restaurant. You know how to focus your momentum on desire. Now, how did you learn how to chem it? Um, or keep it moving in challenging and tough situations now? Or how do you handle that now? So I'm still not the best at this in every situation, but two things I learned to do is um, just to immediately, whenever I'm in a challenge, immediately think about the solution or what I can mm-hmm. do differently that will make sure that this never happens again. Um because I remember you told me that once because I was going through, like, this process of, oh, I did this, and I feel bad about this. But you were like, I always just focus on what do I need to do to make sure this never happens again. And so when I go <laughs> immediately into that process, that thinking process, then I feel empowered and really inspired and excited to come up with some kind of, like, creative idea to make sure that I do something different next time. So that's the, the first way. And the second way is something that came up when we were talking about um, different, you know, relationships with my family, uh, family and friends and, like, people I grew up with, which was that what other people do and say and um, what judgments or expectations they may have about me, they don't really have to impact me. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I might feel some kind of way about what they say and may hurt my feelings, I just may feel some kind of way or, you know, I may have feelings, essentially. But I always have you to talk to. I always have support. I'm all, I don't really rely on them for anything in my life, so it doesn't have to really mean anything in the long run. And so that's really helped with, um, you know, when things are falling apart, my, you know, some my family members call me, like, it's falling apart, what are you going to do, how can you help? At first, I will get really, really stressed out, and I'll be worried about it, and I get, you know, go through this whole spiel, lose all my momentum, but the more you said that to me, the more I was like, okay, well, you know, even though they're going through this thing, I it doesn't have anything to do with me, and I can't change them. So all I can really do is just wish the best for them and just keep on doing what I'm doing, um, just keep it keep it moving. So that's the second way that I've learned um, how to do that. Okay. So um, we used to also use another term in the class, that is what you focus on grows. So how has your understanding of what you focus on grow um, since you wrote this law, How how has that, improved or have you gotten a better understanding of that, of that um, phrase? So with what you focus on grows, um, I think with that, so with that one, um, I was thinking about this situation. It was a few months back where I was thinking in my head that I was completely, you know, I was feeling emotionally clear. I was I felt like my thoughts were, you know, in line with what I wanted. So I thought 
you know, I was basically in alignment. You know, I was like, my thoughts are good, feelings are good, my actions are good. But in reality, they, I was, um, what's the word? Okay, how can I say this in a different way? Okay, so what I focus on grows because what, even if I'm not conscious of it, I'm still focusing on it in a way. Um, and one example I can use of this is earlier, I think it was last week, um, I was feeling really emotional. I didn't even know it. And so when you're talking to me about, um, you know, you saying that I had this vibration of, like, discouragement, I was feeling discouraged. And at first I was like, oh, but then I was talking to you about it. I was like, oh, yeah, well, this thing was, you know, being on this dating site and talking to these people, this is so, you know, disappointing. And then talking about, you know, um, you know, being on my own for 10 days. And I was like, oh, well, you know. And so I didn't realize that I was focusing so much on that because I was kind of unconscious. I, was, I wasn't really um, taking the time to sit with myself and, you know, be, pay attention to how I was really feeling. So with what you focus on grows, um, not just – now I know that it's not just about what I'm consciously and aware that I'm focusing on, um, because a lot of times that too can be like me playing games with myself, like, oh, I had these positive thoughts, so I'm, I'm focusing on positivity, or I'm saying, you know, positive affirmations in the mirror, so I am focusing on positivity today. But it's always like, what am I really vibrating? Like, how are things in my life going? How is my day going today? Am I creating a bunch of friction? Am I experiencing a lot of challenges? Because then I can see, oh, well, maybe – Maybe I'm not really focusing on this whole positivity thing. Maybe there's something else going on. Yeah, I love that because that goes back to what we talked about earlier about sometimes in your mind you're thinking because you did your meditation or you were in the mirror today, you were positive. But really, you may have had, you know, something totally different flowing throughout your mind and which you're vibrating out something different because, in in a in a perfect world when we get into the mirror and we say our affirmations and we leave the house after we meditated, it would be beautiful if we, you know, we're right there in that space. We're fully present in that space, but sometimes we're just going through the motions. That's why it's so important that we have to be in tune and in touch with our feelings because we don't want to just be going through the motions in the mirror and then get out of the house and we have a totally different vibration and we start to attract things you know, that, you know, you've ever heard, and what I mean by vibration, if you've ever heard somebody say, you know, I don't know what it was about this person, but I just, you know, I felt like a bad vibe. That's the vibration. That's the energy, the aura that we all walk with. And so if you're walking out of the house and you got kind of like this, quote, bad vibe, unquote, you know, then you're going to be attracting that to you. And so the most important thing is for you to be connected and in tune with what you're feeling so that you may be able to get in the mirror or do some meditation around what you're feeling rather than just like um, Amber talked about earlier, being on autopilot and you're just going to the mirror saying a bunch of stuff that you always say every day. If it helps you, that's wonderful. But if you're just on autopilot saying it and when you go out of the house, you're still not seeing that proof of life, then you may want to get in touch with and tune with what you're feeling so you can shift what you're doing so that it actually works and changes the vibration. So that's really what we want for everyone is to be able to, you know, attract to you that which you desire and build momentum around that and be building that momentum daily. Not that you're going to feel amazing, great every day, 
That's not the point. You don't have to, especially if you have strong momentum, because you can have strong momentum for a whole week and have three bad days, but you'll still be in that powerful momentum because you just had a couple of bad days. But because you've been building momentum for seven days, you still have great things happening. And so in the three days, even though you're a little bit, you know, down or you might be just tired or exhausted, you'll still be in momentum energetically. So when you come out of that space, then your life is still going. It's still moving. It's still positive. It's still light, right? It's not like going off into the shadows because you've built momentum in another way. So I hope you all got something from this, I want to ask Amber if you would give us information for your uh, the website for Milaninomics. Yes, so you can visit Milaninomics at m a l a n e n o m i c s dot wordpress dot com, and again that's m a l a n e n o m i c s dot wordpress dot com. Milaninomics dot wordpress dot com. Okay, and do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with the Love Tribe tonight before you go? Um, my final thought is what you just said was really powerful um, about, you know, being in the mirror and, like, just going through the motions and mm-hmm. being in a space where I'm, like, asking myself, am I really doing my spiritually practice or am I just going through the motions? Um, I think that's really amazing, and I'm going to ask myself that, uh, now or like, and then soon because sometimes when I do my spirituality practices, um, they're not. I don't really see the impact necessarily. So I want to say thank you mm-hmm. for that. That's really that's a gem. Yes, absolutely. Because that's important. You know, if that's why I don't have some regimen of okay, I'm going to do uh, three chants and two meditations and four affirmations today. Because a lot of times you get into into that and you're just, again, you're on autopilot going through the motions. And so when I get up, I have several different tools. So when I get up, however I feel, I, I know one thing I do know is that I'm going to be, you know, doing some type of meditation, affirmation or something when I get up because that's when I need to start to build my, my momentum for the day. And I intentionally choose what that momentum is going to be. If I don't intentionally choose that, then, you know, I don't know. I just leave it to haphazard. And I don't want to leave my, my, my day to haphazard. And so I do intentionally get up um, to decide and get curious about what tool I want to use today or what I want to say to myself or what am I feeling or what do I need today, how, how am I feeling today, so that I can gen- then choose a tool that I can use, whether it's affirmation, meditation, um, sitting at my altar, lighting a candle, looking in the mirror. I mean, there's tons and tons of things, writing in my journal, whatever I can want to do, um, there's tons of tools, you know. And so I want to know which one is going to support me today. So the first thing I have to do is check in, like how am I feeling? What do, what do I need? How can I support myself today? Because a lot of us looking outside of ourselves ask ourselves, how can somebody else support me today? And we're not even doing that for ourselves. We're not even showing up to support ourselves. So it's really, really important that we ask ourselves that question every morning, every day, is how can I support myself today? 
And then when you can answer that question honestly and authentically, you can go out and have a very intentional day. And that's what we really shoot for is having intentional days. So thank you so much, Amber, for being with us and bringing us this law of momentum. Really beautiful law for those of you um, who want to go and read the law. You can go to milaninomics.wordpress.com. Thank you again, Amber, for being with us. We appreciate you. God is love and light, love. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Okay. So um, I want to, um, I'm going to, uh, I want to read the last part of blog, powerful, and I'm going to read that um, for my final thought. I hope you all got some beautiful inspiration and gems from this um, experience tonight. We really do um, aim to give you just some good um, inspiration and information that you could take away from this um, experience and get your entire life and to really um, to encourage you to love yourself deeper and love yourself just by being yourself. That's the way you want to, to love yourself deeper. And when I talk to people, a lot of times they're saying, you know, I don't really know what that means. What does that mean to be myself? And the thing I tell people is you need to go on a journey to self-discovery. I can't tell you what it means to be yourself, but you can go on your own journey of self-discovery and, tar- and start to, um, to get curious about what it is that you like, what makes you feel good. You know, one of the things for myself is I know the things that I like and I know what, I, what makes me feel good. And some of the things are very simple you know, things that I like, like being outside, swinging on a swing. I love to swing in a swing outside. I love rocking a rocking chair outside. Those two things, I love the wind on my face. I love the water. So looking at the water, I go to one of my favorite parks that has, um, you know, ducks in the water, and it's, it's, you know, just a beautiful lake, and, you know, I can walk there, and the greenery is there, and, you know, I just love the outdoors. So, you just need to learn what you love, learn what brings you peace, and you may have to actually go and do some things to see what that is because you may have not really ever um, done that or you may have forgotten. You know, a lot of times we can go back to our childhood to see what we used to do that we really liked in order to find ourselves and what we really love now. And we have to always love ourselves deeper when we're going to the next level because sometimes when you're going to the next level, you have all kinds of questions and uncertainties and you don't know. And so you have to love yourself deeper so you can stay planted and stay rooted in what your desire is, which is to get to know yourself better. And you can use momentum to be able to do that. So if you want to go to um, Amber's blog, again, you can go to um, dot wordpress.com I believe it is uh, have it written down here somewhere yes milaninomics.wordpress.com and go ahead and support that and please do leave um, a comment or like her blog just to support her you know she's a millennial 22 years old doing her thing um, we're really working to have her go into her own business and, and do entrepreneurship she loves to write she's an artist and so really supporting our millennials is very important as they grow because they are really our future, and so we want to support them in the best way that we can. So um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can reach out to me at getyourentirelife at gmail.com. Thank you so much again for joining us tonight. My final thought to you is the last paragraph of Amber's blog, uh, Milaninomics, law number two is, 
we don't just have bad periods in our life where nothing is going right. It's not going right because we are creating that which we focus on and or that which we believe. I could have changed the direction of my momentum at any moment, and whenever I did choose to change direction, it would have been divine timing. Since I solidified this law in my head, I am creating my momentum more consciously and therefore creating lots of light momentum and receiving my heart's desires. I definitely am still sometimes focused on shadow things, but I'm human, and it can be difficult not to notice the chaos happening in the world and you really just have to kim it. As Melania so often says, keep it moving. So she also has a do-it-yourself exercise in her blog. She gives you a couple of questions to ask um, in order to start your momentum or know how to begin to work with your own momentum. Again, you can see that at Melanianomics at WordPress.com, and that is M-A-L-A-N-E-N-O-M-I-C-S dot wordpress.com so we appreciate you supporting um this uh, goddess energy tonight at get your entire uh live radio um we're here every monday night 8 p.m eastern and you can listen to our replays on apple Podcasts. all you have to do is just put get your entire life in the search box and and we'll come up please do if you feel so moved subscribe and review um our show if you like the show on apple Podcasts, because if you can review our show then we can continue to grow. If you'd like to connect with me, you can visit my website. It's MelaniaShawnee.com. If you want uh, more information about what's going on with me, what's going on, uh, what classes I have available to offer, you can go to the Get Your Entire Life tab on MelaniaShawnee.com. That is M-A-L-A-N-E-S-H-A-N-I.com. You can also visit my online university at AUNUniversity.com. We have a new um, class and workshop that we're offering that's coming up. It's called Fearless 2020. So if you want to be fearless, anxiety-free, stress-free, or fear-free going into 2020, then this is going to be a class that you want to take. It's a very powerful class. You can find that on, again, MelaniaShawnee.com or on AUNUniversity.com. Also, for more support around tonight's topic, you can find that at the Get Your Entire Life page on my website, um, we have audio classes or clearing products to support you on your journey, so you can go find that there. Also, you can sign up for our weekly light uh, light letter, or I think I'm changing that to our weekly letter. Yes, that is our uh, letter called Activation Station, and um, we just provide you with information and tools in this particular um, um, newsletter or love letter. It's inspiration to encourage you to be yourself, love yourself deeper, activate um, so you can identify and amplify your power in the world. So it's a very good letter. We only send out one email a week, and that is on Wednesdays at noon, and that is our love letter, the activation station. So if you'd like to receive that, you can go to my website, MelaniaShawnee.com, and sign up for our mailing list. It has been an absolute pleasure being with you all tonight. I look so forward to being with you again next week. Thank you again so much, Love Tribe, for supporting the show, for being here with me. I can feel your energy, and I love it. It's always a pleasure to have you here. It's always a pleasure to feel all of your energy. Please continue to support the show and share this show with your friends and family. Remember to always love yourself, 
by being yourself. So my final song for tonight, we um, Amber picked this song out because she wants you to build your momentum. So the song is Ain't No Stopping Us Now. Enjoy, and good night, everybody. Nothing.